Welcome to Leather Brains, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello, and welcome to Leather Brains. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is July 19th. As always, your host here, Slapdog, and my boy, the truest of the true, Scotty Del Rizzi. In the flesh. That's, that's quite the introduction. The Thank truest you. of the true. I'm going to get that tattooed on the tramp stamp portion of my back. You should. Or on like on your lip. That would be a good one, too. Like, you just like, on truest of the true? That, yeah, that'd cool be pretty title. sick. I'd be in yeah, for that. I think so too. How, how you been? How you been? How's things going? Oh, it's good. I'm sweaty. I got this Easy. hermit living living in my house, stealing all my stuff. Is he? I heard he's handsome. Well, he is good to look at. I mean, that's yeah. a major plus. Yeah. Any hermit that's good to look at is uh, welcome guests. I might say. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> with that being said, today we are going to be going over the news as always. And then we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to do some uh, either or is the segment that we are calling this. And it is a redraft style. Um, it's decision. So these these players are um, very close in ADP with each other. And it's going to be kind of who do we prefer given their ADP uh, because you are going to have to pick one or the other. So it's either or. And then, of course, we are going to be answering some Brainiac questions. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. For today's unsolicited news brought to you by Scott Del Rizzi. First things first, we want to talk about Rashad Penny, who will reportedly be the Seahawks starter and primary back. They go on to throw out that he will likely have a ridiculous 20 carry per game projection, adding that running back Kenneth Walker will get most of the rest, quote unquote, <laughs> of the carries, which is like, I don't know, what, 60 carries over the course of the year? Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Rashad Penny is always one of those guys who seems great on paper up until he doesn't play football for very long. Um, so what do you think? I agree with you. I think that, um, I mean, the Seahawks, they don't have a lot of options, right? They don't have, they've got DK Metcalf, who is a freak, but they don't have a quarterback, right? And their run game is usually pretty good. And I think that I don't really seriously think Rashad Penny is going to get 20 carries a game, but um, I think starting the year, he's going to be the bell cow. The issue at hand is, is, is he going to stay healthy? And I don't believe that is going to be the case because Rashad Penny has not played a healthy season of NFL football. End of last year, incredible. Did great, finishes RB1 for a couple weeks. He was the shit. He was the best running back in fantasy football. But can he handle a heavy workload? I lean towards no. And I think that Kenneth Walker is a good handcuff RB2 to get in a late round. Because I think that there's an opportunity for him there, you know, given Penny getting hurt. But I, I do believe that Rashad Penny is going to be the RB1. He's going to start this year. I just have concerns if he ha- his longevity due to his health. Yeah. I, if you look up the definition of handcuff in the dictionary, you'll see a big old picture of Kenneth Walker because he is the epitome of a, of a juicy handcuff. Because sure. you know, Rashad Penny just hasn't proved that he's been able to stay healthy, that he's able to handle that workload. Um, so it is what it is. We'll see. If he's able to stay healthy, Rashad Penny's going to be a top five uh, running back. If he is not, uh, then look for Kenneth Walker to make a splash this season. Regardless, I think where Rashad Penny's ADP is at, he's definitely a juicy play because he's going to be the bell cow. The The problem at hand, you know, is the longevity. So mm-hmm. I, I like I like him as a late round starting RB1, but I would have some backups ready. Uh, yes, Definitely. Uh, next piece of news here is that Deshaun Watson reportedly plans on suing the NFL if he receives a one-year suspension. So uh, this just goes to show we may never see the end of this ridiculous saga that is Deshaun Watson under a towel. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it just keeps getting crazier. It keeps getting better. The story, not the situation. Um I don't know. I, I don't know where to go with Deshaun Watson in in redraft or dynasty. You know, we have been doing a lot of dynasty mock drafts, and I have no idea what to do with Deshaun Watson because 
his ADP is fluctuating incredibly high to low to high to low. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think I really want to touch him in, in a late round grab in dynasty, maybe, but in a redraft format, unless he's a late round guy, I just, I don't want to touch him because I have no freaking clue right now what is going to happen with him. I do believe that he will see a suspension of some kind. I don't think it's a year, but I don't think six weeks is out of the realm of possibility. And if that's the case, you need a backup plan. You need somebody else. Now, when he's on the field, he is he's a talent, but he also hasn't played football in a while. Is he ready yeah. to go? Is he going to look like the Deshaun Watson of old, or is he going to take a minute to you know get warmed back up? I mean, there's a lot of different variables here, and it's a really tough scenario to play out for fantasy football. Uh, yes, definitely. I, Deshaun Watson, I, th- I think it's in the cards that he will receive at least a six-week suspension. I would not be surprised if it was significantly more than that. I would not be surprised if it was a full year. We've talked about it before. The NFL has a reputation for not doling out appropriate punishments for misbehavior off the field. Sure. And I think they're looking to make an example out of players, especially the high-profile ones like Deshaun Watson. Um, thing that sucks about it is that as of right now, as far as all of us are concerned, it's all speculation. So we'll have to see what the NFL comes, uh, you know, well, d- what the NFL has found in their investigation, sure. and whether or not there are legitimate allegations afoot. I would I would presume that his you know his attorney's grounds are that he was found in no legal trouble. It was all slander. You you can't suspend him because he did nothing wrong. But yeah, hard hard part is that the Texans settled. Texans yeah. organization settled. And I think they probably did so more more so just to save face. Uh, because again, they're a part of this NFL organization that has this reputation. And I think they're, you know, they're saying, well, we got money. We'll pay them to 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 just settle this and get this out, out of the door and stop dealing with it. And if you saw the statement that they put out, it said something, you know, to the effect of uh, we admit no wrongdoing, you know, we didn't know any of this was going on, but you know, sexual assault is a very serious allegation, and they kind of paid lip service to the allegations themselves. Um, so the idea is that uh, you know it's going to make it hard for any lawyer to say, "Well, there are there's no there was no wrongdoing at all." Maybe not legally, but certainly uh, it seems likely that there was some inappropriate behavior uh, as a representative of the organization. Sure, and you know th- there's a lot of examples that we could use as far like Calvin Ridley, you know, and Calvin Ridley got banned for a year for gambling. Um, which he wasn't playing in the games, but that was a clear code of conduct code of conduct violation that he he partook in, and for that reason he got suspended for a year, you know. And I get it because you you have to do something to legitimize the game, and if players are throwing games and stuff like that for financial purposes, yeah, I get all that. But the allegations of rape are a heck of a lot bigger than gambling on a football game so um and I, by no means am i am i some sort of legal uh, guru and i i don't know what's going to happen um but i as far as fantasy football is concerned i don't, I don't think i'm interested in touching sean watson right now no definitely not i mean you can make the argument for dynasty league you know having a top tier quarterback for the next five years or so um you know you can make an argument for it but even if you're going to go that route you better be picking up picking him up in the last round of your draft. If you're picking him up any anywhere before the anywhere before the 17th, 18th round of your draft, you're wasting a pick, uh, as far as I'm concerned. All right, next thing up here, uh, good news. We have good news. 26 of the 32 NFL teams have rookies reporting to training camp, and most teams' veterans report next Tuesday, July 26th. What this means is that we are one step closer to NFL football. Smell that? It smells like football, baby. Yes, very exciting stuff. That means that you know th- there's kind of this um, unwritten rule that the Fourth of July marks the start of the fantasy football season when people start tuning into podcasts, start reading stuff, start gearing up for their. I don't drafts. know how to read. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know how to react to that, but um, it's certainly true that we are knocking on the door now. And it's time to get excited. It's time for all of us to lock ourselves in the man cave, not talk to our families, not talk to our wives, you know, run the brink of ruining everything that we have built over the course of our existence for the sake of watching NFL football nonstop all the time. You spoke music to my ears, Scotty. Yes. Yes. Can't yes. Wait. All right. And not so good news, but kind of hilarious news. <laughs> 
The Bucks coaches are reportedly not very happy with playoff Lenny weighing in at 260 pounds. He's getting kind of old. He's getting kind of fat. Is this a That's big, a big deal? boy. That's a, a little bit. And I say this because it makes me just a little bit more interested in Rashad White. I don't, 260 pounds. That is a big dude. Well, he could have a thyroid problem. His Maybe. bones could be expanding. He's just got are, dense bones? Yeah, it, his bones became dense during oh. the offseason. Yeah. Mm. And it was aided by McDonald's and <laughs> Wendy's. Those yeah. are known to beef up your bones. That's true. Look, man. I, I look. I'm not like incredibly worried, but if I I don't own playoff Lenny in a dynasty format, but if I did, I'd be like, you son of a bitch, what are you doing? I don't know. So I want to put this in perspective for a second. Um, We all remember the bus, Jerome Bettis, Mm -hmm. this big old refrigerator of a human being that had no lateral movement whatsoever, but people couldn't stop him because he was powerful. Guess how much Jerome Bettis weighed? 200 and, 251 pounds. That's what I was going to say. I, I, I don't think he was 260. When like, you compare Leonard Fournette to Jerome Bettis, you do not expect Leonard Fournette to weigh more than the bus. Mm-hmm. No, he better. He better. I mean, he's got like a month. You better a month <laughs> and some. You better cut some damn weight, playoff Lenny. I'd be pissed if I was a coach's too. I'm just saying. You're a running back. You're supposed to be fast. You're supposed to, and I get like you want some weight on you, so you, you're not as injury prone and can take a hit. And I, I understand all that. You're 260 fucking pounds. You're a fucking big dude. Cut some weight. We need you on the field. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy and also hilarious. Like I said, that's pretty funny. Um, we also have word that J.K. Dobbins is not expected to be ready week one. This is not a huge surprise, but what does this do for the fantasy implications for J.K. Dobbins and for managers who are looking at targeting him? It, it, I mean, it it, it kind of sucks. I mean, it does suck. Don't get me wrong. But it is, it is like you said, to be expected. However, I look at it like this. There are very, very few running backs who are going to play all 17 games. That's, that's just the truth. There is not a lot of running backs that are going to play all 17 games and stay healthy. So I'm not hating on it. I, I just hope that he comes back and is healthy. And there is no lingering effects of this injury. It makes me slightly skittish in a redraft format about grabbing him at where he currently is, is being drafted at because when is he going to play? Is he going to be playing at a high level? Is he prone to injury risk? Are they going to try and rush him back? Those are some of the things that I, I do have slight qualms about. Um, but overall, I, I'm not shocked by the news because I kind of expected it. Yeah, for reference, um, the average linebacker in the NFL weighs 245 pounds. (laughs) I just want to bring all this to the table. Yeah, it's not a good look. Do you think he gained weight in his penis? Did it get longer? Does that happen? Does the penis get girthier with body weight? I can tell you firsthand, no. Yeah, that's disappointing for playoffs. It is really sad. It It was an experiment that fails. It disappears. Gets tucked into the fold. Lost in the fray. Yeah, there you go. Lost Mm. in the fray. Yeah, that's what they call the midsection under the belly. (laughs) Yeah, I I lose shit in the fray all the time. Yeah, me too. Pickles, fruit roll-ups, my cock. (laughs) List goes on and on. Mm. Yeah, that list is extensive, as as you uh, as you said. All right, well, this is getting weird. So let's move on to the primary (laughs) portion of today's episode. Um, This is going to be fun. The idea behind this uh, that we came up with with about 30 seconds of thinking, but we've been been doing a lot of mock drafts recently. So when you're doing a lot of mock drafts, you're trying to experiment, trying to figure out who you can reach for, who you can wait for. And you sort of come to the conclusion that over the course of time, you recognize there are a couple players every single mock draft that you have to choose between. And you're kind of, the the draft forces your hands. Two players that you want that are close in ADP and you have to decide which one you're going to take and which one you're going to give to your opponent. So that's kind of the idea here. We're going to go through some players that are pretty close in ADP. A lot of them are very, you know, very, very good players. Uh, A lot of them are a little more middle of the road. Uh, But either way, tough decisions nonetheless. Are you ready 
to give me your thoughts on these players. I just buckled up. I'm ready, bro. You buckled up. All right. Well, first of all, let's talk about this Mountain Dew thing that you're drinking. Okay. What are you going to talk about? Well, it's empty now. Well, it's just interesting, though. It's interesting to me. This is something that I've never heard of up until recently. I tried it when you brought it to me. I thought it was underwhelming, uh, but it didn't really taste like alcohol, which I think is something a lot of people are looking for. But what, so, are your, what, what are your, what's your rank out of 10? No I free ads. It, yeah, look, we are no free ads podcast. If you'd like to give us advertisements, we are open to money. Um, but we do not do free ads here. Uh, however, I am drinking an alcoholic Mountain Dew. Um, I went to a gas station to fill up my car and I went inside to go to the bathroom and I was walking out and this lady had a 12 pack of these alcoholic Mountain Dews by the register. And I, was, I had seen a commercial for one and I'm like, you know what? I want to try them. So I went and I grabbed a 12 pack and I, I purchased it obviously. And I tried it and I would probably rank it a seven out, seven out of 10, I think is kind of where I'm at. Um, because you you don't you, truth be told you do not taste the alcohol it just tastes like a Mountain Dew and there's four different flavors they're all different tasting but they don't none of them have like a, a potent alcoholic taste like um, some other uh, similar drinks do so and it just kind of tastes like Mountain Dew so I would probably give it a seven out of ten I don't know if I would go out of my way to get them again but I wanted to try them and if they were there and I was thirsty and it was an alcoholic drink I'd probably drink one. All right, so here, here is my my thought process. Um, and this is important wisdom. So if you're listening and you're thinking, why aren't these guys talking about football? That's why I turned this on. Just bear with me because I'm about to change your life. Here we go. When you're rating alcohol, there are a couple of factors. Number one is taste. But I think taste is a little bit overrated because alcohol in general is an acquired taste. So, for example, if you give a 19-year-old who's never really drank all that much or maybe just drank beer or whatever, you give them a glass of good bourbon, they're going to hate it. But over the course of time, you develop a good taste for the finer things in life, and taste becomes more important as you sort of ease your way into the sphere. Another important factor, though, is can I get hammered on it without throwing up? Can you do that with Mountain Dew, with alcoholic Mountain Dew? Could you get really drunk off Mountain Dew without feeling like you want to jump off a tall building? I don't know. They're 5% alcohol, so I feel like I probably could, um, but I've never done it. I just have kind of just grabbed one and go type thing. Not in the car, drink responsibly. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've I They're not really sugary to me taste-wise, but that doesn't mean they're not. I just maybe don't taste it, so I'm not mm. sure. I, uh, I think I would rank it a 4 out of 10, given the one that I had. But I'm willing to try anything twice and maybe see if I change my mind. But I'm thinking 4 out of 10 is where I'd put it. Okay, that's fine. I don't, I, right. Like I said, I'm not going to go buy them again, but if they were there, I'd probably drink them. You're not going to go buy them again, but you ranked them 7? That seems silly. I ranked them 7 because I like the taste because I don't taste the alcohol. That was what I was going off of is like, do I, li- do I enjoy it? Yeah. Not enough to buy it again? No, it seems like there's not a, there's not a lot of alcohol that I would go out of my way to buy. The only alcohol I really buy is whiskey because I enjoy whiskey. Whiskey that and bush much light, that I, baby. I don't even drink. I don't drink beer that much. <gasps> I only Less drink beer when I golf, really. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, well, let's okay. get to some football. Let's talk football, football here. Okay. Um, first things up or first uh, first uh, either or that I have for you is some uh, a combination of two people that uh, a lot of fantasy managers are going to have to decide between in the very first round. Are you going to take Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is, especially in a redraft format, um, both these guys are, are, I don't want to say prone to injury, but they both got injured last year. And given that both of them are healthy this year, um, it's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is, is... the elite of the elite. He's a top three running back. And the only two that even come to mind that could compete is John Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. So I'm taking Derrick Henry. Yeah, I uh, 100% agree with that. I was interested to see, I I can't remember where it was that I was looking at ADPs, but uh, Derrick Henry was like almost outside of the first round. 
in one of these in this ADP I was looking at, which is crazy because I think in normal crazy. redraft leagues he's going to be going you know third, fourth, fifth, something like something right around there. Yeah. Um, that, that was crazy. It seems like there are kind of a lot of people probably just scared of injury, I guess, you know, scared of, you know, using a lot of draft capital, but ultimately sure. Derrick Henry has potential to be, you know, number one, number two, number three running back in the game this year. So hundred yeah. percent agree on that front. Uh, next up we have Cooper cup or Justin Jefferson. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Justin Jefferson came out and said he's going to be the wide receiver one this year. He did say that. He said he is going to be the best wide receiver in the league. And I believe him. But maybe not this year. I I struggle with this because I have slight concerns with Cooper Cup. And it's not anything crazy because don't get me wrong. He is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He is. He won the triple count last year. He's good shit. But... Things are a little bit different going into this year. Cam Akers is healthy. So with that being said, I think that they're gonna their their run game is going to be a little bit better than it was last year. Sony Michelle and Darrell Henderson were okay, but Cam Akers is great. And if he can stay healthy, I think that their run game is going to be a little bit more heavily utilized. As well as Allen Robinson's now on the team. And that is big in and of itself. And I, I I just have concerns that Allen Robinson, I, Cooper Cup is still going to be the wide receiver one, but is Allen Robinson going to demand more of a target share? That is where I'm, I, I have a question at because Allen Robinson was awful last year, but he didn't care. He didn't want to be with the Bears. He was franchise tagged, and he was trying not to get hurt. He went and he got a new contract. He's playing with one of the best teams in the league. He's going to be utilized. So... I do have slight concerns with that. And this is almost kind of a flip of the coin. Justin Jefferson really isn't. I mean, he's competing with Adam Thielen, who has has struggled to stay healthy. And Justin Jefferson has proven himself to to be able to be a wide receiver one and, and be great. So I think I'm going to hot take it here. And I think I'm going to say Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I, th- I don't I think, think that's, that's a hot take do. at all. I think that is the correct answer. The thing about Adam Thielen is... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Thielen came out and scored six touchdowns in the first three weeks. Like He's going to come out hot, I bet. I hope so. Um, but I think that given his age, given his injury history, it's just only a matter of time before he sort of fades away and Justin Jefferson really commands 90% of the targets. I mean, obviously that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. He's going yeah. to be the wide receiver one, and his wide receiver one status is going to be more solidified as the year goes on. Um, so Cooper Cup, obviously, great choice. Uh, but there's more competition in that offense. He's due for some regression because he basically was the best of the best of the best last year, and it's hard to do that two years in a row. And I think Justin Jefferson is on the up and up. So I uh, I think I would also go with Justin Jefferson. I agree with you. Okay. Our next matchup here, we have Stefan Diggs or Devontae Adams. I'm going to go the safe route on this one and take Stefan Diggs. That is, that's who I'm going with here. I think Devontae Adams is a little bit more talented as a wide receiver, marginally more talented as a wide receiver. However, Stefan Diggs is the safer play here. And I think that's the route that I'm going to go with because Devontae Adams has gone to a completely new offense. Okay. How is he going? I mean, he's very obviously going to be used, but he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers anymore. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he is an elite in and of itself. He's not. Go- I, I don't think he's going to be as hyper-targeted as he was last year because he was really one of the only options for the Packers, whether that be by Rodgers' choice or uh, by the talent around him. But Stephon Diggs, we, he's in a proven situation. He's in a he's in a situation in which he is nothing has really changed or or changed for um, that team. And I'm taking Stephon Diggs for that reason. It's hard. It's really hard for me to not be obsessed with Stefan Diggs. Um, I've had him in several redraft leagues. He's always done well. Stefan Diggs, it, I don't know. He just he gives me the warm, fuzzy feelings. And part of fantasy football, I mean, there's a lot of analytics that go into this game. And part of it is the eye test, and part of it is the warm fuzzies. Stefan Diggs give me those, gives me those things. With that said, I found myself in a lot of mock drafts ending up with Devontae Adams, and I really, really like having Devontae Adams on my team as well. I think he is yeah. going to... You know, the thing about Devontae Adams is that he's you're going to see some regression from what you expect from him. 
But with that said, the Raiders offense is formidable this year. I would take the Raiders offense over Green Bay's offense any day of the week right now. Um, And Devontae Adams is in a good spot. But with that said, I'm going to stick with what I know. Stephon Diggs is who I would pick up in that situation. I agree. All right, next up, this one could be tough. Are you taking DeAndre Swift or Joe Mixon? In a redraft format, Joe Mixon. If this is Dynasty, I'm I'm taking DeAndre Swift, but Joe Mixon is awesome. He's awesome. He got an upgraded offensive line. He was, I think, even his running back three last year, and I think that there's every bit of argument that he's going to continue to be a, an elite talent at the running back level. That offense is explosive. They have weapons all around him. They upgraded that offensive line. I'm pumped for that. And Joe Mixon, he he catches the ball just as well as runs, you know, runs down the or up the gut. So he, I mean, he's he is multi-talented. He does a lot of different things for that team, and I'm excited for that. I like DeAndre Swift, I do, and I do think DeAndre Swift is going to have a good year. But I think Joe Mixon's going to have a better year, and in a redraft format, I'm taking Joe Mixon. Yeah, for me, the decision. I agree with you again, and the decision comes down to the the quality of the offense. Uh, yeah. Joe Mixon, you're going to have a much more explosive offense. Uh, you have a lot of weapons on the outside, which is going to open up the box. And like you said, Joe Mixon is known uh, for his catch, uh, ca- pass catching ability as well. Um, so I think there's nothing but upside with Joe Mixon, whereas DeAndre Swift, obviously a great choice, uh, but just does not have the ceiling that Joe Mixon has. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we have a battle of the old guys, or what, it, what, what I perceive to be the old guys. Yeah. Saquon Barkley or Aaron Jones? Can I, can I pass? Can I skip? No. No. These, you're, imagine you're getting these guys. You have the choice between Saquon or Aaron Jones in round 13. They're both on the board <laughs> still. Both not and you, be can, you, can't de- you can't deny the opportunity because they're there and everyone else has lost their damn minds and they're still on the board. So which one do you choose? Aaron Jones. I, and a lot of people might hate me for this because a lot, you know, I know Yeti's a believer that Saquon Barkley is going to have a great year. I hope he does. I really, truly do. But I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in touching him because he has been injury prone. He's on a very unfortunate offense. And yes, they got a new offensive coach and and all these other things. I'm not interested. My days of wanting Saquon Barkley are done. Aaron Jones is getting old. He's had some injury problems this last year, and I, I understand all that. But he's going to be heavily needed in that Green Bay Packers offense. Same with Saquon. But there are some other pieces in that offense for the Giants that are, are um, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. They've got Kadarius Toney, Wondell Robinson. The Packers don't have a lot. And I think that the running game is going to be ever more prevalent with the Packers this year. And I'm, I'm going to take that with Aaron Jones. Yeah, so I, I'm of the same mindset where I am very hesitant to buy in on these running backs with this injury history. Saquon Barkley has a significant injury history, but you could argue that a lot of his injuries have been kind of fluke accidents. He is not, he's not getting injured just running the ball down the middle. He's, he's tripping over people in weird ways that you would, you know, wouldn't expect and, you know, isn't likely to happen again. So the question is how well has he recovered? Uh, Aaron Jones is just getting old, but here's the thing. Here's, here's what I'll say about Aaron Jones. I think he has the best pass catching rapport with Aaron Rodgers than anyone on Green Bay's offense right now. Um, and I think you're going to see him utilized a lot more in that way this upcoming year. Um, I have a hard time deciding between these two because I actually think I'm not reaching for them because of the injury history, because of the age, but I think both of them are due for some positive regression this year. I think they're both going to be better off um, than maybe is expected. But I think I'm going to go with Aaron Jones because of the pass catching upside just because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Plus they have the same name, which is good juju. That is good juju. Yeah. Not to be confused with Juju Smith-Schuster. He's bad juju. Yes. Just well. kidding. I, I think he's going to be good too. Anyway. All right. Now we have James Conner or David Montgomery. Don't let your bias sway you. It's not, but I'm taking James Conner. Um, James Conner was electric at the, uh, you know, once um, Chase Edmonds kind of got injured. And then once Hopkins got injured, he was even more prevalent in that offense. He was making some catches that I, I are difficult for wide receivers to make. He really put on a show, and he earned uh, another year worth. And they really didn't do a shit ton to try and replace him early um, this year. So I like James Conner a lot. I like David Montgomery as well. However, I'm not really excited about the Bears' offense. 
and I, I just think there's there's a lot more going on for the Cardinals to uh, to give James Conner um, a, a better opportunity. And he he was the goal line back for them last year, and he ate a lot of goal line touchdowns. It's exciting. I'm taking James Conner. Yeah, I like the I like the pass catching upside of James Conner. Fantasy yeah. football that makes all the difference in the world. Fact of the matter is, you don't get a lot of points from rushes up the middle. Um, so you want to take that outside guy. I like James Conner as well. Uh, next up, we have Michael Pittman or Jalen Waddle. This one could be tough. I'll let you answer this one first. I, I have my answer locked in, but I want to see what you're going to answer with. Um, I'm going to go Michael Pittman all day long. Um, I love Jalen Waddle. I find myself reaching for Jalen Waddle. Uh, I'm excited for that offense. And honestly, if you're to put Jalen Waddle up against Tyree Kill head to head in a redraft league, um, I think it's a hard choice. Um, I think obviously in a dynasty league, it's an easy choice. And in a redraft league, I think it's a hard choice. There are a lot of people, you know, they, dra- they, they brought on Tyreek Hill to be their wide receiver one. But I think there, it's arguable that Jalen Waddle is more explosive than Tyreek Hill right now. And Tyreek Hill, I think, is going to have a great year. People, people hate on Tyreek Hill a lot um, because there's this theory that Patrick Mahomes made Tyreek Hill. But people forget 2017, Tyreek Hill was a top five wide receiver with uh, Alex Jones. Or Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones. Jones, not Alex Jones. I don't think he plays football Alex with Al- Smith. Alex Smith at quarterback. Um, so Tyreek Hill has been good for a long time, but he's getting a little bit older. I think Jalen Waddle has the obviously has the youth on his side, has the explosiveness on his side uh, and has the rapport with the quarterback. Uh, but I'm taking Michael Pittman sheerly because of the lack of competition in that offense. I think Michael Pittman is going to have a phenomenal year and I really find myself reaching for him quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. Not only that, but he got an upgrade at quarterback and Matt Ryan is going to be a, a great game manager for that team. Matt Ryan is a, he's just an overall better quarterback than Carson Wentz is. He's going to be able to throw the ball a little bit better. And I, I think Michael Pittman's going, going to benefit from that. So um, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking Michael Pittman as well. All right, let's get into the quarterbacks a little bit here. Are you taking Trey Lance or Justin Fields? I like both these guys. I'm going to take them both. I'm going to take them both. But no. if I had to choose. No, you can't. Okay, fine. I'm going to take Trey Lance. I'm going to take Trey Lance because I have his cell phone number. That's why. Yeah, honestly, that's a pretty good reason. When you have the personal connection. You can text him and tell him when to throw games and when to yeah, do really like, well. Look, dude, I just put $50. It's going to be more than that if I'm going to be careful. <laughs> I just put like $20,000 on you. Please throw this game for me. Mm. And he's going to he's gonna block you immediately. Otherwise, he'll get banned from yeah, the Yeah, then he's going to win the game, and I'm just going <laughs> to be fucked. Um, I, <laughs> I am taking Trey Lance. I'm taking Trey Lance um, for the uh, – this is a redraft league, though. Regardless, I'm doing Trey Lance with the, with the hope of the upside. In a dynasty league, it's Trey Lance, uh, no questions asked. But um, there is slight hesitation. Justin Fields, he's going into year two. You hope to see some, some positive um, – trying to think of the word some betterment please help me <laughs> improvement thank you you're, you're you're looking to see some positive improvement from him but i i just had you know when we were talking about david montgomery i have concerns with the bears offense because they didn't do a lot to help justin fields they really didn't this off season they lost alan robinson who was not wanting to play anyway darnell mooney i like darnell mooney but Byron Pringle is not the answer for your wide receiver, too. And then they did go, they just recently went and got Nikhil Harry, which is somewhat exciting. And, but he really wasn't that great with the Patriots. And maybe there's an argument to be made there that he wasn't utilized properly or what have you. But the Bears just don't get me excited. And Trey Lance is in a better offensive situation. He has better weapons around him, he's got better coaching around him. But this is his first year. This is his first true year as a starter. So. Um, but he has started a couple games last year when Jimmy G was out due to injury. I just think this is a good opportunity for him, and I'd be willing to take the risk on Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Yeah, can you play Scotty's hot take real quick for me? I, I got a hot sure. take. I got a spit. Yeah, let me uh, let me get it. I almost clicked Scotty's army. Scotty's hot take. Yes, Scotty's hot take. Trey Lance will be a top eight quarterback this year. Top eight? Top eight. He is going to have a phenomenal season. I am hype AF for Trey Lance. Um, okay. There's a very good chance that I'm wrong. 
Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, but I am hype for Trey Lance. Um, I think he is, and Justin Fields is fine. Uh, he has the the mobile upside, which I like, but Trey Lance has that. And I, you're right. He's just got a better offensive situation. I think the 49ers are going to regret keeping on the bench uh, last year. I think he's going to come out and blow, uh, blow people's minds. So I'm excited for that. We'll see. Yeah. I, we'll I see. hope he does. Yeah. All right. Next up, Brandon Cooks or Drake London. Um, give me Brandon. It's, it's Brandon up, Cooks. upside versus floor here. Yeah, I know. But Brandon Cooks has been able to sustain himself as a top 24 wide receiver with a rookie quarterback. They have a connection. That team has gotten some pieces, I think, to help them offensively. I'm taking Brandon Cooks. I, I, I like And this is redraft, right? So I... Drake London is still a great choice, but there is slight fears um, about that offense. I mean, I, I don't think Marcus Mariota is incredible, and they really don't have a lot of weapons around them. They have Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and then Cordero Patterson, who is the age of dirt. Okay. <laughs> All right, we are back. Thank you for uh, dealing with us for that one half second of delay that you will experience as the listener. Uh, but we uh, had a visitor unexpectedly, a um, little background. Uh, we're trying to sell our house. So if you want to buy a house, you just shoot me an email. Shoot yeah, me a DM. DM. Scotty saying, I'll buy your house. How's that sound? Yeah, that's what we need. Okay. We're going to uh, do uh, one last either or here. And we're going to round it off with Deontay Johnson or Michael Pittman. In a redraft format, I am taking Michael Pittman, I believe. But in a dynasty format, I'm going to take Deontay Johnson. I this Mitchell. I love Mitchell Trubisky. I'm pro team Mitch. I am, but I just don't know how that's going to work out because at some point people are speculating that that Mitchell Trubisky is no longer going to be the starter and that it's going to be Kenny Pickett. And if that is the case, how does that affect Deontay Johnson with a rookie quarterback coming in halfway through the year? Will it be Mitchell? I mean, there's just a lot of unknowns there. Then there's also Chase Claypool. And then they also went and, and drafted a rookie um, a rookie wide receiver. There's just a lot going on right now. And I think Michael Pittman is the safer bet in a redraft format. I wouldn't hate, I would not hate having Deontay Johnson, but between the two, I think I'm taking Pittman. Okay, I lied. One, One more. more. Okay. One more okay. that I really want to talk about. Yeah. And if you are a wife or a general respectable person, I'm going to need Skip you to just like take a brief. Maybe a minute. <laughs> yeah, maybe a minute. Okay. Are you taking Mia Khalifa or in her prime, Jessica Alba for a beautiful one night of loving? Hmm. Mia Khalifa. I know you you don't share that same opinion. I think this is the first uh, uh, either or that we don't agree on. But I'm taking me and Khalifa, man. I'm I am. Any thoughts behind why? First and foremost, we all two big yeah big juicy two reasons. Very big juicy reasons. That is <laughs> that is pretty much it. And she's seen it all. She's done it all. We know her work. She's a talented woman. Nothing's like. I'm not worried about appeasing either of these women because I have nothing to offer. So there's two juicy reasons why I'm taking me a Kalima. Yeah, you got it. This is like a, a Winston from New Girl situation where it, it's, you got to make it about you. No, I'm you not, can't no, be worried no, about it. Uh, yes, you're, you're you right. Know, I, yeah. I think she's probably more well-rounded um, physically and um, in the ways of, of the sex. So uh, I think that... <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think well she's who you, who you go with here. Right? For me, I know you, I think you're going to take Jessica Alba, and I understand that. But it's, it's a toss-up, man. This this is the most difficult either or I've ever considered because in her prime, Jessica Alba might be the hottest woman to ever walk the face of the earth. Um, but like you said, you know what you're getting with Mia Khalifa. Yeah. That's that's an important point because um, Jessica Alba's hot, but none of us have ever been there. Yeah, and we, we've all we, been there with Mia Khalifa. She's an artist. Yeah. In one way or another, we all have seen. And we've seen her art. Yeah, she is an artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would you? Which would you rather brag to your friends about? 
I think they're both big brags. Probably Mia Khalifa. Ah, probably Jessica Alba. But <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I would rather mm. brag about Jessica Alba. But um, they're both. It's not like shame on you. How could you do such an atrocious thing? So, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I also think I think I would like to have a resume from Jessica Alba. I'd like to know what her talents like are, Hopscotch, what her weaknesses she's are. Afraid of spiders. Uh, you know, yeah. No, I was thinking more mm. like in the bedroom. Uh, but I, I'd like to know specifically what she plans on doing and how I can fulfill her needs and how I can play a role in the act itself. Because no, it's a night about you and Mia Khalifa can do anything. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's talented in many ways. Right. So that's that, I know what I'm. Well, we'll we'll, ch- we'll track right. it up to a toss up. Uh, you guys let us know which one uh, you yeah. would pick in that, in that either or. We look forward to hearing your perspective. But we'll move on to the questions here. We're going to kind of rattle through these relatively quickly. Let's Hold on, bro. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. You didn't let me finish. I was going to give you prime drop space. I don't think you were. Wow. I, you were just I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. Guess we All right, first question comes from the Dynasty God. Would you guys, meaning us, do this trade? He would send Kirk Cousins, Sammy Watkins, DJ Moore, Ty- Tyler Algier, and a 2024 third for Tua and Tyreek Hill. No, I wouldn't. I would keep. Uh, I would keep that solely for DJ Moore and Tyler Algier. Um, those are really the two guys that I'm, I'm really interested because they're both very youthful and Tyreek is not Tyreek. We hope will be in the league for a couple more years, but past that, um, who knows? And, and I, I I like Tua a lot. I really do like Tua. He's somebody in a dynasty league I'm targeting and I I have targeted him for in a super flex league. And, you know, we mock all the time. I've, I've done it. I'm doing it, but I just think the other side, Kirk Cousins is a usable QB2 in a super flex format. So you're giving away a QB2 to get a QB2 with maybe hopefully some upside, and then you're getting a wide receiver one that's in an unproven offense. Yeah, you got the stack, but what happens if, if it doesn't work out? DJ Moore, is he is able to be a talented wide receiver with shitty quarterbacks. The last three years, he has finished with over 1,100 yards and has not had a decent quarterback. Baker Mayfield is probably the best quarterback DJ Moore yeah. has seen since he's been in the league. Which is sad, so, but it's true. It is sad because it's not saying insane amounts, but I, I'm excited for DJ Moore this year um, with the addition of Baker Mayfield. And then Tyler Aljair is, I, I think he's slated to end up being a starter at some point this year. Cordero Patterson is not getting any younger. And I think he's, Tyler Aljair mm-hmm. is making a, 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 a statement to, or a, an argument to be a starter uh, relatively early. So Sammy Watkins, not super excited about, but he is a wide receiver uh, one slash two um, for, for the Packers. Yeah, for so, the three games he plays. Um, um, yeah. So. No, I agree hundred percent. Tyreek Hill. I said it before. I said it before and I will say it again. I think Tyreek Hill is going to see 50% uh, of the passes between him and, uh, uh, and Waddle. I, I really do. I, I think that, uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, he was brought over to be this primary guy, but I think you're going to see him sharing a lot more of the targets than people expect. Um, so I like Ty- I like Tyreek Hill, but not worth the trade. I agree. Next question comes from Dan underscore Ryan 09. He is in a 12-team Superflex PPR win-now mode. Other receivers are Justin Jefferson, Scary Terry, and Cortland Sutton. Should he trade Cup for Pittman in a 2023 first and second? Interesting choice. I think I would. I know you're in a win now, but I think between Justin Jefferson and Scary Terry, Scary Terry got a marginal upgrade at quarterback, which will be good. Um, and Sutton could end up, I, I do think his, he's going to be much better this year than he was last year with the addition of Russell Wilson. So um, I think that you have usable wide receivers there and you're still getting Michael Pittman, who was also a great wide receiver. And then you're also getting a 2023 first and second. That's a lot, and especially in a super flex league next year, there are some some people that I I am interested in targeting, and you get the picks for it. So I think that's a that's a good haul for Cooper Cup. I love Cooper Cup, and I understand you're in a win now, but you also have to look at it realistically. Is Cooper Cup going to do the same thing last or this year that he did last year? The answer is no. 
I, I there's no way that Cooper Cup gets a triple crown again. There, I just I I don't see a world that that happens. So his value right now is the highest it's going to be, and I think that's a great value for him. I would do that trade. And I think if you were not in a win now situation, this is an easy trade because you're in a win now situation. It makes it a little more complex. Um, I am a firm believer that you should not trade away the players that will help you win right now for the sake of potentially winning in the future. So it's really an evaluation of your team versus the other teams in the league. Um, On paper right now, what you're displaying, I think you got a good shot, good team. Um, But I think I lean more toward keeping cup because you got to chase the trophy while you can. Um, And I understand the value for, for cup is, is this is a good value. I mean, we've, we've talked about trading the potential of trading cup in dynasty leagues um, while his value is so high. And I don't think that's a terrible idea, especially when you're getting, uh, you know, Pittman and the two picks for him. But if you're in a win now mode, I'm key, I'm holding on to cup. I'm holding strong. All right. Our next question comes from senior raisin five, eight, seven, five. Is this allowed? Interesting. His league mates made a trade that involved one person getting a better deal on a transaction between the two of them outside of fantasy football. This trade did only involve draft picks, however. So what we're seeing here is a you know classic whiskey trade. I'll buy you a bottle of Blanton's uh, for a uh, you know subpar trade uh, to get you to do it. So is this? I believe your brother offered us. That. Yeah, I mean it's it's a he's a salesman. You you got to admire the or you got to appreciate the effort there. Uh, the question is: Is this collusion? Yes, this is this is collusion. Um, I <laughs> there is some more detail that I that I am aware of. They the guy gave him a lawnmower. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's a redneck trade. I dig that. I'm in. Yeah, honestly, like if it was whiskey, I'd probably be more angry, and I'd be like, no, don't let, don't allow this. It was a lawnmower, which I think is hilarious. Um, however, it is still collusion at its core. That is collusion. Outside trades. I mean that, that that's that's collusion. Like that's the NFL. If if they were to make some backdoor deal, like hey, I'll trade you Tyree Kill for a fifth round, and you have to give me fifty million dollars under the table or some shit like that. I mean that's that's collusion. Yeah. That, and it's no different here. Well, okay. So, if you're an NFL owner, and so another team's owner comes up to you and says, hey, you know, our office has been working on this deal, and you know, here's the thing: on the football field, you're going to get screwed, but I will make sure that you have a stripper delivered to your house every day for the next year you doing it it's tempting <laughs> but you already make millions so just buy yourself a fucking stripper same thing here just go fucking on facebook marketplace and buy yourself a goddamn lawnmower <laughs> it's collusion i like that i like that question all right next up my greasy subs account interesting name <laughs> all right he is a strong contender in his league he's got stud wide receivers but crap for running backs would you trade away cooper cup for deandre swift probably not probably not i mean i i understand you need running backs i would be trying to get maybe just a little bit more for cooper cup than just deandre swift um i like deandre swift i really do and i think that he is uh due for a very good year but cooper cup he he just won the triple crown last year i'd be trying to sell him for as much as i can and i just don't think that's enough value to get rid of cooper cup yeah yeah i tend to agree here's the thing too is that the running back, the, the elite running back room in the NFL right now is pretty slim, meaning you're not going to be the only one in this situation. There are a lot of talented wide receivers and not a lot of really talented and uh, you know running backs in good positions anyway. So you're not going to be the only one here. Just because you're weak at the running back position does not automatically rule you out to be a contender. Um, so I, I tend to agree. Don't trade away your best pieces for you know for subpar Chum-chum. trades. Yeah. Um, okay, next question comes from SSJ Titan X. He is in a 12 team. Fucks. Yeah, he fucks for sure. He's in a 12 team PPR redraft league. Who should I stash and why? George Pickens or John Mechie? So, for those of you who don't know, uh, George Pickens is the wide, rookie wide receiver that the Steelers drafted, and John Mechie is the wide receiver that, uh, rookie wide receiver that the Texans drafted. I'm taking John Mechie here because this is a redraft format. And John Mechie is going to see the field and be more relevant than George Pickens is this year. John Mechie is coming off of an ACL tear, but he is a a very talented wide receiver. And the the Texans need as much help as they can get. He is going to be on the field as soon as he gets healthy. 
He is who I'm stashing in the redraft league. George Pickens is a wide receiver three at best because Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are already there. So John Mechie's only competition in the wide receiver role right now is Brandon Cooks, and they desperately need help with the wide receivers. John Mechie is a great stash in a redraft format, I think. Our next question comes from Mr. Throwaway Accounts 8. He's had eight throwaway accounts. I don't know what he's doing yeah. that makes him delete these accounts, but it's sketchy. He keeps getting banned. Yeah, it's sketchy. <laughs> All right, which side do you prefer? Both teams are contenders in a dynasty Superflex league. Are you taking Tyreek Hill and Rondale Moore or Mike Evans? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill and Rondale Moore. Not because of Rondale Moore, but because Mike Evans is going to be out for the first couple weeks. And, um, and Tyreek Hill is the cheetah. He's faster than shit. He's a great athlete. Rondell Moore is kind of a little accessory piece. I really, he's like a, he's good. He's, that's what he is. He's an accessory piece. He's not going to be on the field incredible amounts. I think he will be at times, but he's not like the bell cow for them. And with the addition of Hollywood Brown, they still have Hop, who's going to be back after six weeks. They have AJ Green. Like I, I just, he'll be on the field, but I'm not like, I need Rondell Moore. But at Mike Evans, we don't know when he's going to come back. You know, their um, beat reporters are saying six weeks. Some are saying he's going to be ready by the season start. I don't think he's going to be ready by the season start. I think that would be really silly. I think Tyree Kills probably might go on this one. Unless, unless you have the wide receiver core to support the departure of Mike Evans for a couple, you know, maybe up to six weeks. But is he gonna, are they going to try and rush him back is my next concern. So I, I think it's hail for me. All right, our final question comes from E. Lend 15. He is in a half point PPR Superflex three keeper league. And he knows he's keeping Cooper Cup in the fifth and Eli Mitchell in the twelfth. He thinks he knows which way he's leaning, but he wanted to hear our thoughts. Which one are you keeping? Aaron Jones in the fourth, Mark Andrews in the fourth, Javante Williams in the fourth, or AJ Dillon in the eleventh? Um, Mark Andrews in the fourth. That's I, I think that's pretty easy for me. Um, Mark Andrews' ADP right now is like middle second round, and you getting him in a fourth round is a great value. Not only that, but that is a positional advantage. That, is, that There's positional scarcity at the tight end role, and when you have an elite talent like Mark Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, um, those guys, that, that is how you win in fantasy football is, is when you can afford to – get them later and they are still in a position where you don't see a lot of points from from the lower tier there's a very evident cutoff for points with tight ends and if you can get one of those elite guys who can put up i mean mark andrews was putting up like almost 20 points every single week that is huge that some like quarterbacks aren't even doing that so to put that in a position in which you can only put a freaking tight end in that position is huge and i, I think mark andrews in the fourth to me is just a great value there that's who i would take yeah I think I agree with you. You might end up regretting Javante Williams, uh, depending on how Melvin Gordon shakes out this year. Sure. Um, but I think Mark Andrews is the safest bet that, that'll have the most impact right away. Yeah, I agree. And that's it. That's all the all questions. Right. That's all. All right. Hey, guys, we uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. If this is your first time listening, you are now dubbed a Brainiac. If you're a turning listener, you already know. And you're wearing the title and you're wearing it proud. So we truly do appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, we will be back on Thursday. So we are...